I just wanted to talk about Calvinism today and just have a conversation about it. Cool, man. Yeah. So, <laughs> so how, how, how did you, how did you even hear about Calvinism? Like, uh, well, to be, what, to be honest with you or, or what? No, don't be honest. Okay. Don't well, be honest at all. So, I mean, well, you... well, before you start, I want to give a shout out real quick to, and this person's probably not even listening, but to Jared Coronado. Like I was telling you, he heard the podcast, yeah, he um, and he said he liked it, and then he kind of made made a comment. He said, "Yeah, I liked I liked you guys, Maya and Miguel. Yeah, I guess that's dang. like a that's a that's some sort of a, like a cartoon or something." Uh, yeah. And so he, he called us Maya and Miguel. So a shout out to Jared, um, Maya and Miguel are listening. That's hilarious. <clears throat> so. So yeah, go ahead, man. So um, when I originally started with Calvinism, I, when I started learning about just Christianity in general, I was kind of in the mix between Arminianism and Calvinism. So it's kind of like um, you know you're saved, you know by grace, right? That's introduced, but then you sort of still have to work. You know, you still you sort of still have to stay some some type of holiness or work to some type of degree. Um, and so I always thought, I've never heard of Arminianism or, or, or Calvinism. And then I did. And I was like, what's the difference? And I started realizing, I'm kind of in between both. I mean, I, I kind of believe in both. Mm. Um, and, uh, and then, of course, you. You started introducing me to the whole thing. And I was like, no way. And I, I had a hard time with it. Um, what is it, the five points of Calvinism? Yeah, you, Tulip. You me, yeah, and you took me through that, and I was like, I, I don't know if I can agree with you. But um, do you remember the first time, though, that you kind of just got there? Like, you got all five points, oh, yeah, and no. you were like, I get this, this is in Scripture. Like, yeah, wasn't that, isn't that a joyful and exciting time? Well, uh, I think it was kind of a little... I got a little anxious because, I mean, with anything, with any new information... Right. Yeah. You always like you're like oh so I was wrong, you know, and that kind of is like a little. You were wrong, and then you could still be wrong. Yeah, that's what I think about. You know, like dang, like what if <clears throat> you know what if I'm continuing? You know, what if I'm wrong again? And you know, or, or you know, I don't even, am I right? You know, or, or am I just you know in error again? So um, yeah, yeah, I did, and and so I didn't believe you, um, and then I started reading scripture. <laughs> uh, started reading scripture, and I started learning. And I was like, wait, you know, it kind of ties into what you were talking about. And I was like, what? And so then I was like, okay, so this is not made up. You know, it's not something you think, yeah. uh, something that scripture talks about. So it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was a great experience because I could finally sit back and say, all right, you know, I know where I stand with Christ. Um, I don't have to wake up every morning and questioning if I'm saved, right. even though I still do that. Um, there's not this stress of like, I need to keep up to date with my holiness, you know, with my merits. Um, so for, so for the people that are listening and have no idea what we're talking about, Calvinism, who is Calvin? Is Pablo talking about his son? No. That was a horrible joke. My, my son's name is, is uh, Liam Calvin and I call him Calvin. But anyways... What I'm trying to what I'm trying to get at is <clears throat> uh, Calvinism and Arminianism. You'll hear those terms thrown out all the time by us or by other Christians. Um, they'll you know really talk about Calvinism and Arminianism all the time. All it is is two camps. So basically, two points of view, uh, two points of view on um, salvation. Um, 
it's it really just boils down to God's sovereignty over salvation. Yeah. Um. So it, so we'll we'll break it down like this. <clears throat> Calvinism, or um, the doctrines of grace, is a view summed up by an acronym. Is it an acronym? Is that is that what an acronym is? Uh, like TULIP stands for... Yeah, it's an acronym. Okay, so an acronym. So the acronym is TULIP, like a little tulip, the flower. Uh-huh. So you'll start with T. Let's go with T. Let's start with T yeah, and then we'll, we'll just dialogue with it. T is total depravity. Okay. It's just a fancy, fancy word for... For what, Miguel? For being wicked, for being in sin. Right. Uh, imperfect, broken God's law. Not only that, but being born in sin. Yeah. And And... and and so, in, in, in it being total, it's the entire man. So, <clears throat> you'll have some people say, yeah, yeah, I know I'm wicked, but I'm not that, that wicked, wicked. <laughs> right? I'm not at, like, Adolf Hitler. Yeah. Well, total depravity would say that you are entirely to the core in all your actions and being. So, so much so that your nature is evil. Yeah, you know, um, I was listening to... Uh... John MacArthur teaching the other day, mm-hmm. and it was talking about um, I, I was talking about uh, the salvation, mm-hmm. um, questioning if you're saved or not. Okay. And he mentioned something interesting. He said, uh, he said, you, you know, know that's how I, you know that's how I got saved, right? Through John MacArthur. Well, through through hearing John MacArthur, I, I didn't mean to get you off topic, but I didn't know. That. Um, yeah, I, I heard through Wretched Radio. Wretched Radio is another uh, station you guys can you know check out. Uh, they're on iTunes as well. They're not paying us to advertise. Yeah, this is this is not this is not this is in no way a plug. But um, Wretched Radio, WretchedRadio.com, uh, they are a great website, great radio station that uh, just promotes the gospel. But I was listening to them, and then they told me about John John MacArthur. Uh-huh. I heard John MacArthur. Uh, he was talking about salvation, yeah. and I went to work, and I was just broken down because I thought to myself. I've never questioned whether I'm saved or yeah. you know, where salvation is. So, go ahead. You, like you were saying. You were just, I didn't know that, but um, it was just funny because I'm your brother. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so I I, uh, I I was listening to the teaching on are you saved or not, you know? And so, I, uh, I you know, great teaching. Uh, definitely should hear it. It's on YouTube. Um, and, uh, and he said something interesting. He said, you know, I always ask people, um, you know, do you think you're a good person? And the common answer is... Yeah, I am a good person, you know? Mm. I'm good enough to be worthy to be saved, you know? Yeah. And so he goes, the interesting part is that when you hear Jesus' words and you, when you hear who he's reaching out to, he's reaching out to the people and helping the people who are unhealthy, the people who are unrighteous, who mm. need help, not people who don't need help, you know? Mm. So, you know, that whole, you know, total depravity, you know, God only helps the people who are sick, you know, and Jesus was sitting... Uh, with the sinners, and they're like, "Well, you know, you're you're you know you're you're eating with sinners. You know how dare you and stuff like that." And he says, "Well, you know, I came, you know, for the sick. You know, I didn't come for the ones that are healthy." And so, uh, total depravity. Yeah, you know, it, it's kind of for people who do need help. You know, which is everybody. So mm-hmm. I don't see a reason why everybody would be considered, you know, healthy or or should even need to be healthy. Right, right. So, um, in terms of sin. So, so, so. That's that's really good what you said. Um, so to move on to U, right? Yeah. So T is total depravity. U is unconditional election, right? I hate um, this part. <laughs> why? Because <laughs> I always had a tough time accepting this. Go ahead, I'm listening. Yeah, well, I mean, you shouldn't hate it anymore. It should be... Oh, well, no, of course, but in the beginning... This is the tough part, yeah. yeah. 
Um, oddly enough, I never had an issue with any of the points. I don't know why, but um, I just accepted them because I saw just their scriptural. But use unconditional election. So basically, um, God in his sovereignty um, elects us from before time began, right? So before he set everything in motion, mm-hmm. um, before he created anything, he uh, he basically said, I'm going to create Pablo and Miguel um, for the purpose of saving them, <coughs> for showing them mercy, and to <coughs> you know ultimately glorify them in Christ, right? Mm-hmm. So it's unconditional. There, there are no conditions. I have done nothing to get myself saved. Excuse me. Um, it is completely unconditional. An unconditional election. Is that is that clear? Is that clear enough? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. I, I guess is that what. So, it, I mean? so I guess so I guess the a better thing to do is to um, not only give the le- the, the, the 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 Calvinist um, mm-hmm. you know tulip. But well, also the Armenian? the Armenian, because I guess it's a little bit more helpful to see than the difference <clears throat> because it'll explain a lot okay, better. Yeah. So um, we'll come back to T. We'll st- we'll keep going in you. So unconditional election, you know, God says um, that he you know doesn't. So uh, okay, so I'll start there. So the Armenian view of unconditional election is they say there is a condition to election, and the condition is God looks down the corridors of time and he says. I saw, right, and he, he saw who would lift up their hands and accept Christ, and then he chooses them based on the fact that they would choose Christ. I know that's kind of convoluted, but what the, the Arminius view is that there is a condition that the, the basis by which we are chosen is because we choose him. Mm-hmm. So the, the and, and I don't think there's any scriptural, you know, basis Evidence. for that, uh-huh. but... So translating it back to the to the U, which is the mm. tulip part of the Calvinist view. Yeah. The Calvinist view would say. By, by the way. Go ahead. Um, uh, uh, usually, when when you know, I know that we say that there's no scripture to that. Um, usually, when there are scriptures that they use to back it up, <clears throat> that there is a choice in man, there is a choice for man, um, that we, uh, you know, that we need. Never mind. Forget about it. What what were you gonna say? I got lost. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's too late. Uh, we're recording this uh, at eleven, in eleven at night. Um, yeah. So we he might sound a little not me because I'm I'm but I'm I'm, I'm sick. I'm bright eyed and bushy, but um, you know he he might sound a little off. Yeah, but that's sorry. that's totally sorry. fine. To that's totally fine. Sorry. He's uh, he's not thinking right now. That's okay. But yeah. so the you. Uh-huh. Right, so we we're talking about unconditional election. So Calvin, or Calvinists would say that there is no election. There's no condition. Rather, God doesn't look down the corridors of time, but instead, before time began, before He created us, He elected us and said, "I will choose this person. I will make them, create them, right, and then choose them for salvation, not based on what they would do, but based on solely upon My grace." Mm-hmm. And mercy. So we'll move on. So sure. L, limited atonement. This is another hard one for people too. So limited atonement um, is, in the Calvinist point of view, that there are, there is a, there is a select, and I want to be careful on how I say this, there is a, there is an amount 
of, of people, that, of are people that are going to be saved, yeah. right? And only that amount. Now, we're not like the Jehovah's Witness that say there's 144,000 um, that are going to be chosen, and those are the people that are going to... No, no, no. What limited atonement is, is that Christ, on the cross, died for real sins that people would really do. So, he, he didn't just, you know, say, alright, God, I'm going to die on behalf of just whoever would choose. So, it's just kind of like a, just like a general atonement, you know, like mm-hmm. he just dies on the cross and just purchases for whoever would come. Um, kind of like if I went to a Need to Breathe concert and I got a bunch of tickets and I just said, well, it's not really assigned to anyone. Whoever else wants to come, you know, can come. Right. So, so God doesn't do that. So in limited atonement, what he says is that he basically, uh, Christ on the cross dies for, for specific people. And for specific sins. Now, the Arminian view would be, and I kind of just already touched on that, with the Arminian view would be um, the opposite of that, which would be that Christ actually died not for specific people, um, or not so much not for, for specific people, but that it's a general call and it's for anyone who would come and it's not limited to those who are chosen or the elect. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and I think I, I would even argue that um, it sounds kind of like. Uh, you know, when when you say that, it sounds kind of exclusive, kind of like, well, so we're the only ones that are going to get saved and nobody else is. Um, and as as confusing as it can be, it's really not. Uh, basically, all it means is if you're saved, you're an elect. That's it. Right. right? And, so, and, like, you don't you don't know who's going to be saved or not, right? Right. So, yeah, and and I don't think that a true Christian would be arrogant in saying, yeah, he he chose like. The only the chosen are going to be saved. I don't think there's any arrogance to that because truly we didn't bring ourselves to the party to begin with. Yeah, no. It's 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 something that's outside of us. So we're not trying to say um, you know it's only limited to Puerto Rican people that have black hair. It's literally limited to whoever the elect is. And since we don't know who the elect are, we we continue in our theology, right? We continue to praise God because He does have a limited atonement, but. We continue to preach the gospel. So the elect are basically people who get saved. Yep. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> In yeah. simple, plain terms. Yeah. Whoever gets saved, they're yeah, part of the group. Elect. Yeah. <laughs> but we don't know how big that group is. We don't know who that group, you know, we don't know who that group is. And, and, and But there is a group. Yeah, but there yeah. is a certain amount of people that will be saved. And there's also a certain amount of people that aren't going to be saved towards the end uh, of time. So uh, that's, uh, I, I, that's pretty simple. Um a lot. Of, I had a difficulty with that because it just it sounded way too confusing. I mean, yeah. for me. No, no. So in case there is a guy out there, or somebody out there, um, that gets confused on that, I just thought that I, you know, probably help out a little bit. But go ahead, continue. Yeah, that's good. Um, so L, moving on, would be limited atonement. Um, I thought you already. Yeah, heard. I think I did. I do that. Yeah, you. Did. I. I'm moving to I. I'm sorry. Um, so I, which is irresistible grace. So this just means, in the Calvinist view, <clears throat> that uh, the grace by which we are drawn to Christ mm-hmm. is irresistible. So nobody. So for example, um, when Christ called me out, so when Christ, you know, changed my heart, um, he gave me a new heart, a new mind immediately, mm-hmm. and caused conviction to start coming upon my heart. Sure. Um, and, 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 and in that, then I, I came to repentance. Um, I can't resist that. 
I cannot. In the, in, in the Calvinist view, I cannot resist that. It is purely and honestly God's sovereign work, and whomever he chooses is going to come. Now, yeah. the, Arminian's view, the Arminian view... Wait, is, and that doesn't mean that my arm is going to be pulled, right? No, and that's a really interesting one, but I'll deal with that right after I say okay, the Arminian sure, view and hold sure. that thought. So the Arminian view would be <clears throat> that, there, that we can resist the grace of God, right? So everyone, because again, everyone can choose, right? So, so we'll have the tugging and the nudging at our hearts, but because we don't want to, um, because we don't want to, you know, go to Christ, we, we just won't because we, we choose something else. Uh -huh. um, so, so <clears throat> to get back to what you were saying, mm -hmm. um, the, the, the Arminian would, the, the Arminian as as I've experienced, um, the Armenian guy would say, "Well, what you're trying to say then by saying that that there's irresistible grace is that you're you know God is just uh, your your stubborn he's a stubborn dad and he's pulling you by your arm and you're flailing and he's saying you're uh -huh. gonna come and you're yeah. you're gonna come and and you don't want to no 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 that's why I said specifically what I said first right." In God's salvation, in God's saving, the order, the ordo salutis, just a, a fancy word for the order of salvation, um, the way that God does things is he will, from before time again, choose someone to be saved, right? Mm -hmm. So he creates that person so that they might be saved. Yeah. And then at that moment in which he's going to save them, the first thing that he does is gives them a new heart. He completely changes their desires. Sure. Yeah. So before he even brings that person, before they even start to feel conviction, right? The the true conviction of the spirit is is only applied what does that mean, upon. Man? What does that mean? True conviction of the spirit. What does right. That mean? The true conviction of the spirit is uh, the fact that a, a person starts to feel bad or remorse about their sin. Okay. Right. In a godly sense, because sure. if you get caught. You know, doing something yeah, wrong. Yeah, yeah, you feel remorse, but it's not godly remorse. Gotcha. But that that godly remorse only comes when that person has a new heart. They can't mm -hmm. feel anything with their dead heart, yeah. right? And it's not like God, um, you know, refurbishes their current dead heart. He gives them an entirely new one. So He gives them new desires and new everything. So that when you do feel convicted, right, uh -huh. at that at that time, sure. you start feeling the conviction. What do you do? You have no other choice but to repent and come to Christ. And when you come to Christ, it's not this, oh, well, I know I love everything else in the world. It's I cannot resist this that is in front of me because he is the best thing. And how do you know he's the best thing? Because you have a new heart. <laughs> so so no one goes into the kingdom kicking and flailing. Yes, yeah, so, um, and, and it's kind of like... Um, it's, it's, it's really more simple than, than what, it, what it sounds like. Um, it's kind of like... Um, you know, if you desire something, then you go get it, right? I mean, if you if you want McDonald's right now or you want In-N-Out, what do you do? You grab your keys and you go get it. Nobody's pushing your arm. Nobody's forcing you to do it. This is something that you desire, mm. right? And so that, that, I mean, although that this is all going on in the background, it's not something that you don't want to do or it's not something that, you know, oh, you know, I don't want to do this. You know, it all comes with the package, the package of a desire, you know, this desire to do these things, and, and there's a change in heart. Uh, and you and you are joyful in doing, the, in yeah. doing this. You know? Bro, I, I don't know if I told you, but I've been reading this book called The Freedom of the Will by, you have, yeah. by Jonathan Edwards. Uh -huh. um, and he says that specifically, that the will, right, mm -hmm. is the way in which we 
um, act, right? Yeah. Th- that, that, that faculty in which we act. Um, and the thing that determines the will, the thing that influences the will, is the desires, right? Is, is, is not, I'm sorry, not the desires, but the, um, the strongest motivation, right? Mm-hmm. So in wow. essence, the example he gives is when this person does something, it's because they're motivated by their strongest desire. So um, he gave an example about this guy named Mr. Locke. Um, Mr. Locke, I guess, was a, a uh, is is or was mm-hmm. a uh, philosopher or something. He sounds familiar, but anyways, <clears throat> his view was that um, the will and the desires are not attached because, let's say, for example, that I'm telling you to persuade me with with fancy or to persuade another person rather with uh, with persuasive words to get them to do something. Yet, what you desire is to not let those words persuade that person in a bad in a bad manner. Yeah. Yet you still do them, mm-hmm. right? So you see. So he says the will and the desire are conflicting because I can do something and not want that to happen, right? Yeah. And so he says, well, that might be a nice little example, but truly, he did what he desired. He did it. Right, mm-hmm. so yeah. he had a choice in front of him, to to not tell that person these persuasive words or to do it. And what did he do? He did it. Why did he do it? Because that was his desire. Yeah, yeah. He might have thought from beforehand that he didn't want those words to be persuasive, right? But ultimately, he did what his heart desired, which was he spoke those words. So the desire and the will are actually the same, right? Mm. So uh, he the, really. Really in depth. Really, uh, yeah, very in depth. Um, and I'm sorry if I confuse some people, but um, wh- where were we? Why? Why did we get uh, here? We were talking about was it I? I think we were talking about irresistible grace. Yeah, irresistible grace. What's so? Key? So irresistible grace. Oh, now full circle, right? Okay. Is the fact that we cannot, we cannot resist our new heart. We cannot literally. We cannot resist. Uh, God's grace because of our new heart. Sure, yeah. So, uh, P... Uh, we cannot resist what we want to do. Right, and ultimately <laughs> that's what it is. We can't resist what we want to do. That's if funny. If, uh, if uh, R.C. Sproul says it best, <clears throat> uh, when people ask him, do you believe in free will? He says, of course I do. Of course I believe in free will of man. The man will always choose what he wants. Yeah, Absolutely. True. Now, if your question is, he says, if your question is then... Um, man, uh, do you believe that man can choose righteousness? Then I say to you, no. He cannot choose righteousness. He can only choose what his will desires. And according to the word, his will and his desires are always evil. Wow. Yeah, that's true. So he oh, will choose funny. evil. So anyways, back to, um, so now we're at P. So TULIP, we've come full circle. T-U-L-I-P. P is the perseverance of the saints. Which is simple, and it's the the fact that the saints will get to glory. Those who are truly saved will will be led in sanctification, right? Mm-hmm. And it will not stop until they get to glorification. Yeah. Now the Arminian view would be, excuse me, uh, that you can lose that salvation. There is no right. You can because again, it's always up to the up to the person's will, right? It's always up to the person's. Uh, uh, elect not election, but uh, the person's call, right? Or not? Mm-hmm. I'm using the wrong words <clears throat> because it's up to the person 
who chooses, right? Mm -hmm. Ultimately, they're the ones that keep themselves or sustain themselves through that. So you can ultimately go off the deep end. You can lose your salvation. Yeah. So so God brings you to the ladder, and you have to climb up. Sure. <laughs> uh, and and so the the problems with that again are not only is it not biblical, but um, it is a it's it's like the Roman Catholics. You're tying a yoke upon somebody. It, it, again, we 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 can get ourselves out of it. If we can get ourselves out of it, we will. Yeah, and uh, and and I think um, I think that's what I was trying to say earlier, um, but it just wasn't the right time. Um, people try to defend that um, we do need to work for our salvation um, because there is scripture on that, and so a lot of scripture that I would see um, for that defense. Um, James, the book of James is a big one that they use. Sure, the book of James, um, <clears throat> and there's other scriptures all around that really talk about you know, do this, you know, do this and do that, you know. But, you know, when you hear the, when you read uh, on what they're saying and you read the passage, you really read what it's talking about. It, you know, a lot of times when, if you read from Paul or, or any other people, it doesn't matter, but a lot of times their point of view is you are already saved, right? And you don't do this to continue to be saved, but you do this because you are saved, right? right? So we don't work for salvation, we work from salvation. Right. First Peter, leading up to chapter 2, he tells them about so great a salvation. <clears throat> I think in verse 13, he begins to tell them, So therefore, in light of this, mm -hmm. right, yeah. gird up the loins of your mind. So he tells them what a great salvation they're already in, and then gives them, right? Reason the, to he, live he, out Then that, he prescribes right? to them, this is how you should live in light of that. Mm -hmm. um, so, so, yeah, that's, that's to add to your point. Uh, that's a really good one. Now, let's go back to T to deal with the Arminian view um, on, on total depravity. So, just to touch on that real quick, let's go back to T um, and deal with that. So, the Arminian would say um, that there, there really isn't total depravity. Um, just, the, yeah, the man is wicked, but not entirely. Um, there is a portion or some sort of percentage inside of the man um, that is not wicked but is good. Excuse me. And not only that, but that's the portion which can be invigorated to come to faith. So, a prime example, if any of you have ever been to a Calvary Chapel, if you've ever been to one of those, uh, churches and you've you know you've had nearing the end of the service the guys come up they start playing the guitar over the the pastor speaking uh, somebody starts playing the keys and it's a very you know uh, very sentimental music and then the pastor starts going into this whole spiel about you know uh, you know if there's anyone out there and and you want to make a choice and you know you're not right with God right now just put your hand up you know just everyone bow their Bow their heads and, and close, close their eyes. eyes. We're going to make this a private event. You know, uh, everyone, whoever wants to come to Christ, just, who, you know, just lift up your hands. And I see your hand there, sir, and I see your hand here. Um, and, and, and I know, I know, I know that person back there. Come on, I know there's one more. I think it's um, funny. I, I think about that and I'm just like, why? Yeah, you know? and, and, so I, and so this is the reason why. Is with, with all that um, and, and all of the, um, all of, all of the, I want to say the kind of show of it yeah. is to lead whoever uh, it is in an emotional adventure um, to get them to walk down an aisle and pray a prayer 
and now think of themselves as saved. Because the theology matches that, and the theology calls for that. If in my mind I think that every person is not terribly wicked, but there there's bad in people and there's good in people, but that good that's inside of people needs to be invigorated, right, by... Uh, uh, music or or, or whatever it might be it needs to be manipulated so that they can come to Christ if Mm -hmm. I think that I'm going to make a really big show at church because that's that's what gets people saved according to that theology and so that's why you have these guys like Greg Laurie and uh, Billy Graham and I know I'll hurt a lot of feelings by saying Billy Graham but in in all honesty um, these are the guys that lead in that neo-evangelical movement. And the point you're trying to make is what? That it's not biblical? Uh, not only make... that. Uh, it's, it's, it's not only not biblical to do that, but it What's has... What's not biblical about uh, it? The, all, the whole altar call movement, um, and, and really, to go back, the theology. So I'll just give a quick... Um, gotcha. So the altar call's not in the Bible? <clears throat> no, there is no such thing. The, the, the sinner's prayer isn't in the Bible? Not at all. You won't find it. Okay. And, um, and raising my hand won't make me any holier. No. Praying a prayer won't make you any holier. Um, so, so all this stems out of a theology that is, uh, is from this guy named Charles Finney. Charles Finney, back in the 1800s, I guess, okay. <clears throat> he used to have these kind of like uh, re- revivals. So he would have people come, and then they would, you know, he would preach really loudly and boldly. And, um, you know, he would try to get people very, very, very nervous. He would talk about the wrath to come and all this stuff, which is true. But he would just really just bank on that. And then he would have a bench on the side that was called the anxious bench. And so whoever felt like, oh, man, I need to, you know, something's wrong and I need to get right with God. He would lead them down there and stay on that anxious bench and then have the same, you know, uh, chicanery, you know, kind of thing. You know, having guys come down and uh, pray this prayer and confess this thing. And so his theology was that the person needs to be invigorated. And this is very heavily Arminian and heavily uh, wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and so th- that that took the world by storm. I mean, it literally took churches by storm. And now there's not a church that you don't go into nowadays that is uh, that calls himself a Christian and Christian church, and they have this. Now... I know I'm going on and ranting about that, but my point is this. The theology is wrong. It's not in the Bible. It's not biblical. Mm -hmm. And it leads people to a lot of false hope and false professions, right? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people out there that now they've made those professions Mm -hmm. and then they go and they live like pagans because they don't have new hearts. And then they come back and they say, I've fallen away. I, I, I have backslidden. So what do I need to do? I need to go back to church. I need to rededicate my life and do all these things. When that, in essence, they never slid forward, like Todd Friel says. You know, They never really slid forward. So to anyone out there who is, who's kind of like shocked and, and is thinking, well, I grew up with this. We did too. We, yeah. we, we definitely did. <laughs> I remember. Um, and, and, and we, we grew up with the prosperity gospel and everything. Yeah, we grew up very, very heavily prosperity. But just to make my point, um, the gospel is clear. Mm-hmm. You don't need to be in an anxious bench. Yeah. The, the gospel is clear. And, and, it's, and it's normal. It's normal to feel, you know, like, you know, to feel defensive on like, oh, I think these people are wrong. Sure, you know? sure. And so, um, it's not our club against yours. Yeah, yeah, it's, no, it's, it's, it's literally the Bible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, and so, I mean, a lot of this stuff um, that I really learned about 
um, if you really, really want some scriptural support, um, I would I would advise reading Romans. Romans, yeah. um, Romans eight and nine. Is learn just... learn how to properly read the word. Um, don't just take verses out of scripture. Um, like you know, hermeneutically, get yourself a, um, a a good like commentary if you want to, um, or a good Bible study, and really read through it. I mean, you just read Romans nine, and you'll learn that God does have sovereignty over who he elects as saved. Yeah. It's not something that I made up or I twisted into there. Mm-hmm. It's there. Um, and and, and it, it really is a heavy book onto salvation and, and what it has to do with. But I'm sorry, what were you going to say? You, you yeah, I forgot. Right? But that what, what you said just really hit it on the, on the head. Um, I think you, you really did a good job in, in saying that. <clears throat> but, um, but yeah, that's, that's Tulip. Tulip is just uh, like the five points of Calvinism, mm-hmm. the doctrines of grace. They have many different meanings, but Tulip is just basically an acronym for total depravity, unconditional election, limited atonement, irresistible grace, and the perseverance of the saints. And so that's Calvinism in, an es- in, in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what we are. We're Calvinists, and we... Um, we I wouldn't even... You know, I'm, I'm sorry, but I, I hate that phrase. Really? I, I, really, I really do. Uh, I feel like we're kind of like a, like a sect, you know? I don't feel like I'm a sect, man. I just feel like I'm a Christian, you know? Like, some people will say, what denomination are you? Man, I'm just a Christian. Yeah, you know, you know and, and I forgive you for that. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure you need to repent of that. But I would, I would say clearly, and I would disagree with you, I would, I would say um, that Calvinism is not about a sect. Um, I just but, feel but like it's it's definitely something that I, um, sure. that I thump a lot, sure. and that I yeah. and that I'm very proud to be as a Calvinist because I think that it's it's biblical. I think it just it, it just is. Um, sure, and I but, still love you. you yeah, know, and I don't. Christians. I I don't love you, but uh, <laughs> so so basically, we're. I would say I'm a Calvinist, and I would say that you're one as well. And um, and the reason why this matters, guys, is because it's God's word. Either yeah. we're wrong or we're right. But I'm pretty sure you just want to find out. Right, what is wrong or right? And yeah. I would just say to you, don't take our word for it. Go read Roman. Go read Romans eight and nine. Um, read, read the whole book of Romans. Yeah, yeah, read the whole book of Romans, not just Romans eight and nine, but read the whole book of Romans. Um, and that that will be incredibly helpful for you if you really are truly seeking to see if uh, if this is the truth. But um, uh, yeah, that's. Uh, do you have anything else you want to say on on the topic? Um, if you have any questions or ideas or comments. Um, please contact call us. Call the toll-free. <laughs> call, call the toll-free, 1-800-Pablo and Miguel. No, uh, just, uh, just listen to the second podcast towards the end. Well, Pablo about the phone email. number, about the phone number, I did set up this thing called Google Voice. Oh, so, no way. Yeah, so it's a, it gives you a free phone number and everything, and then it leaves voice messages. That phone number, if you want to write it down, if there's anyone that's listening besides my mom, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's 60... Love you, mom. <clears throat> I'm, I'm going to say, I'm, I'm gonna say the number if you want to write it down. Six zero two four nine two six zero five six. I think that's the number. And what is it like? You can send a text or what? No, it's just it, just um just voice just, call? A, just a voicemail. Oh, you leave voicemail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh no way! I didn't. Know yeah, that. yeah. Um. So again, six zero two four nine two six zero five six. Um. And you can leave a voicemail there. Um. We're gonna set up an email as well soon. Um, and, uh, you guys can just send emails as well, but, um, mom, if you want, you could text me, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so 
we've set up that number so you guys can leave some feedback, uh, believe it or not, so that we can uh, just know how we're doing and what what questions you guys want us to deal with. Yeah. Do you want us to be more uh, robotic so <laughs> I speak for 10 minutes and Yeah, and, and, and not only that, I mean, I'm sure that you have questions of your own. and Yeah. I mean, I, I hate it when my questions aren't answered. It really is annoying. Um, and so, like, I, yeah. I'm always left on, like, unanswered questions in the end. So yeah. it really is helpful, you know, like... You know, just you know, if you want to ask, ask away. It's not really going to be that big of a deal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely. That uh, was great. Uh, I enjoyed it. It was cool. Uh, yeah, man. It was a little extensive. It was thirty-six minutes. So, at least for me. For for me. For yeah, me, yeah, I hear you. Um, so uh, thanks, guys, for listening. We hope and pray that the Lord would uh, uh, illuminate you your uh, Bible reading this week. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, this is uh, encouraging for you guys. Again, reach yes. us at our phone number. Or um, just wait till next week till we get a, an email. Um, <laughs> next week we'll be doing a different podcast about a different question and different whole different uh, topic. Um, I'm hoping to have some different guests on um, because and, he's tired of me. No, 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 no. <laughs> I just want I, I just want to make sure that um, they're not just hearing the same people. Gotcha. You know? yeah. I just want. I want me to be consistent and not you. <laughs> <laughs> I get it, bro. You yeah. want to be on the top. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, so hopefully we'll have some different guests on. Um, maybe uh, Barack Obama. Um, hopefully we can ask him about some taxes and stuff. But anyway, so um, hopefully uh, we will have a podcast up next week. We want to try to do this weekly, you know, and, and hopefully help you guys with this podcast. Mm-hmm. But uh, all right, guys. God bless you, and thanks for listening. <laughs>